Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. This week, I'm joined by the same guy I've been joined with for the last few years, um, Trevor Bereka, my co-host. Trevor, how are you doing this morning, baby? Man, I am feeling good today. I feel like you were about to rap and then you stopped. <laughs> um, we, we could, what if, what, you know, a lot of podcasts have like segments, you know, there's like, you do this at this time and then they enter, we could have a freestyle segment and that could be really fun if we have guests because then it's like, they have to, you know, should we do it? Yeah. But well, are we prepared? Would you prepare for a freestyle? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you freestyle? <laughs> I, I got a script. <laughs> More like slam poetry. Oh like my god! Uh, the pre-written freestyle, folks, only here on the Senior Catholic Podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that actually would be really funny though if we did that. We'll, we'll start that segment next week. Anyway, yeah, good to be here, um, y'all. Last night was super fun. Alex and I loved it. We were just talking about it before this, but just an opportunity for friendship, baby. In the name of the talk, and just um, yeah, obviously an opportunity for friendship it was really cool like at my table we had like a group of a couple freshmen and then myself um and and um an upperclassman it was really cool just like to be honest and this is no no dig to the speaker we actually didn't really use the the script too much at all now for some tables i think they might have needed the script i don't know i wasn't at every table but for us we were like it was it was really cool we just got into funny stories or one of the stories that was circulating around is like, what's the most shenanigan like thing you've done as a freshman? Cause we were talking about just all the unique parts of freshman year and how different it is from really any other period of your life. Like it's really different than the rest of college. It's different than high school. So I don't know. It was, it was cool because it's like, these are people that I've seen that have been coming to Holy grounds. And yes, I, as much as I've been trying every week to talk to people, it's just, there's a lot of new people. So there's a lot of people to meet. So I was really grateful for the opportunity to have real encounter with someone else. What about you? Yeah, baby. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I think, yeah, well, I mean, we'll even see like in maybe future community nights, maybe there won't be any reflection or maybe we'll keep it to just like literally one or two minutes as we kick it off. Um, but I really like the shift of like every first Wednesday of Holy Grounds, just a community night. And so, yeah, I what, one thing I do want to talk about today on the podcast is just like the, because the whole reason we're doing that shift is is to have a shift in the culture of friendship, which like that's, that's what I, that's what I want. And it sounds... Um, like really clear, and it also sounds really vague and mysterious. I want to break that down. What what would that look like? What is, what would it look like to have a culture of friendship at St. Thomas More? When what is what does that mean to you, Trev? What comes to mind with that? When I think of a culture of friendship, I think of. Okay, this is gonna sound bad, but are you ready for it? I think of no group me. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm not anti group me. I actually think group me is great because it's it's great to have like you know the ability to plug to people you know, that might not hear and it's a good for inclusivity and all that stuff. But I, when I think about culture of friendship, the first thing that comes to mind is just like organic, like it's just happening. You know, people are like, because they're in, in each other's life, right. They, they, we just desire to do things with one another. Um, this is the St. Paul line, right. From first Thessalonians where he says, <clears throat> so affectionately desirous we had become of you that we desired not only to share the gospel of God with you, but our very lives because of how dearly beloved you had become to us. Right. It's like, it's that moment when, or another one, a quote is, uh, that really helps frame my mind on friendship was C.S. Lewis when he says, friendship is that moment when you look at someone, you say, you too, you know? And so I think that's one of the cool things, like last night and just hopefully this, you know, going into just the way that people interact here is when I think of a culture of friendship, I think of anyone could walk in at any time and someone's going to have a conversation with them. And more, more than that, like the culture of friendship is like, 
these are people that I know that I can talk to both when I just want to have a good time and also when I want to talk about deep stuff. Cause I think you gotta have both, you know, a real friendship has like sometimes like, tonight, look, I just, we just, I just want to do something crazy and fun. That's friendship. Um, but it's, but it's, it's a lacking friendship. It's not also like, sometimes I need to share with you something I need accountability with or something I'm just struggling with. And I actually don't need you to reply. I just need you to listen. Like all the things that go into friendship. Um, I think, I don't know if a community were to be defined by that, I think it would be a place that naturally there is a kind of, um, intersection between different groups of people where it's just normal that like people that you might not necessarily have all the same qualities as, or all the same, you know, you might not be the same type of person, but you're open to them because they love Jesus. You do. And you want to grow together and that's it. Yeah. 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 There's a lot you said that stuck out to me. Like you hit on kind of some of like some of those points from my side of like, the characteristic of a friendship is that there's elements that it's intentional and it's natural. Like it's so important to have both to keep a, a dynamic relationship and presence that you can just be with a person, just spend time with them. That's uncalculated. And then the thing with like not having a group me, I, I really like too. not that we'd ever get rid of it, but yeah, the, the, the fact that like, it's really hard to grow in friendship and community, like with just big invitations that aren't meaningful and specific. Right. So that kind of goes into that chosen thing of like to specifically choose and seek out individual people because it affirms their worth, right? And it's like, no, I want you to 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 join me with this, I like because because you matter, um, and so that 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 comes to mind of like hitting some of those points. But a word that you just said also really stuck out to me when I was thinking about this with like, um, it's just like the word open. Like I think to have a culture of friendship means to like have a culture of openness and like humility, that um, the, the openness would like precede like. Um, receiving people, you know, and like, uh, inviting people into something, not, not closing yourself off or closing your friend group off, but continuing just to be open. Um, so like when, when I think about like what, what leads me to like meet new people every Wednesday, it's not just like, Oh, I'm just campus minister. Oh, like they just like, I should do this. I should meet them. I should plug them in. Like I'm never driven by just like a should or, um, you know, I should, I should probably just do this because it's my job or whatever. It's always like I, I want to be driven by a spirit of openness. Like I want to constantly be open to new people. And I feel like when I'm driven by openness, it's always fruitful versus when I'm driven by, you know, I should do this or I don't want to do this or whatever, but there's a spirit of openness. So it yeah. comes to mind. I love it, baby. You got to be open. Um, I actually, I, as you were talking, I was thinking of a story that kind of exemplifies what I think this looks like from college for me so it was my sophomore year and I had made like a really good friend group from the Catholic Center my first year so it was like you know we all hung out together and we would spend a ton of time together and like these some of the people that are still my best friends today um and yeah it was awesome like we loved our group but sophomore year was around and there was like a you know new freshmen who were there and I remember like, I think it was the either probably maybe the second week of the school year. So like there was the outreach week and then the second week of like the first normal week of like campus ministry events or whatever. And these two girls, my friend group that lived in an apartment on campus together, like were like, Hey, we're doing a spaghetti night. And they purposely were like, we're going to invite y'all, but we're also inviting all these new freshman people that we met. And it's crazy. Cause like they, <laughs> there's no dig. They'll never listen to this. And if they do, uh, they're not, well, they might listen to it and it's not a dig against your pasta making abilities, Olivia and Morgan. Uh, but it wasn't like, it wasn't phenomenal spaghetti. You know what I'm saying? It's like box spaghetti kind of thing. Um, but that night it's crazy. Cause years later, whenever we like reminisce and like starting like two of my friends, Bob and Jake will always be like, 
yeah, it was the spaghetti night. That was like the first time I was like really excited to hang out with that community. Wasn't any of the official events. Again, the official events were the door. They wouldn't have ever showed up to the spaghetti night if they hadn't been encountered at the official event. But it was like the kind of realness of like, whoa, these people are inviting me into like their friendships. Um, and so I think, again, with this culture of friendship thing, it's like not only like that you have friendships, but the friendships that you already have, a beautiful culture of friendship is when you're open to an opening that circle to other new people um, and inviting them. It's kind of like families inviting other people into their families. You know, it's like this in some ways is your group of friends, family here at, at, at you know, St. Thomas More at OU. And like when you're willing to open the doors of that, like instead of just being like, it's just us tonight, you know, being like, no, let's have these people over too that we just met. I think that that is just a beautiful witness of like the openness of the gospel. Openness. I love it. I love it. I, I think too, like when I think about like, I mean, friendship can't really, I don't know, be uh, like reflected on without bringing Jesus into it. Right? Like the, the heart and source of friendship and all things that are good within friendship and the model of friendship and that we see in discipleship. Because it's like the, the the fullest kind of friendship is really discipleship. And like it, it's Let's go. sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it's like, you know, like I have these people I'm discipling or mentoring and then I have my friends. Um, but it's really like the, those closest to you are meant to be like discipling you and you them, like both bring each other closer to the Lord, you know, yes. in some way. Um, yeah. So I, I just think about like, OK, Jesus, how did you disciple slash how did you befriend people? Like, what did it mean when the Lord encountered people and then called them into the deepest kind of friendship that there is? And, and so when I think of, like, it wasn't always, um, you know, like, just the natural, normal conversation. It was like, hey. And he's like, what? He's like, drop your net over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Nice, to, what? nice to meet you. What grade are you? By the way, get that thing on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like, and it's like, he's like, why have we working all night? Um, and then you just you have these crazy encounters that Jesus has with someone, but then it doesn't just stop there. It doesn't stop with like, wow, this is a really good conversation. Okay, see ya. It's like he he so intentionally invites people into his life, and then he's it, one one of my favorite um, like lines in scripture is like John fifteen, where he says, um, "I have called I, you know I do not call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I call you my friends because I have shared mm. everything that I've heard from my father with you." And I, I love that, that there's, it's like, yes, you can pinpoint, you know, like, oh, that's good. Like it's, it's vulnerability, it's transparency, but it's, I think it's more than those. It's kind of, it's kind of like diminish what Jesus is saying is that like, like I have shared everything, like the most intimate things in my life with you, that things that have happened in my prayer, things that have happened in my heart, um, like the different crosses I'm being invited to carry, like, like I, I've shared everything with you. Um, and so I do not call you slaves or servants. I'm not here to use you. Like friends do not mm. use, right? Like they embody the love that Jesus has. So not use, but a, but a total openness. Of, that Jesus says, I'm, I've been open with you about everything. So yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah. I like what you were saying too earlier about the like, friendship is really at the, at the root, right? Good and true friendship is discipleship because um, I don't, I think it's really difficult to be a good friend if you're, if you're not, secure in your identity in Jesus. Amen. Right. Because, because then, right. The things that I'm doing when I'm at, when I'm acting as a friend, right. I'm, I'm, I'm acting out of this place where I want something from you in terms of like, I want you to, which, okay, I'm going to qualify. I think it, it's not, it's natural to desire something out of a friendship. That's not my point. But I think the point is like, 
if you go into a friendship and you're, you're not living out of your identity in Jesus, right, then you're actually you're looking for that person and that friendship yes. to fill the hole of like, I'm valued, I'm, I'm important, I'm, I'm meaningful, right? And then, right, every time that they like forget to do something or, or even like something they unintentionally do, right, you're super wounded because it's like, you know, this person like, oh, well, it doesn't care about me. Um, and it's because like, actually it's, I don't believe that Jesus already has given me who I am. And so I think, I think the reason why discipleship, one of the reasons, which is amongst many, why being a disciple of Jesus and being in discipleship is so key to living true friendships is because you're able to like have healthy expectations for one another, another, and not kind of secretly have this like latent like desire for that person to fulfill yes let's talk Um, about that you guys that is big Trevor's bringing up a big point that is resonating a lot so that that is so good of like it's like the not just the ideal but the plan for friendship is that we are supposed to embody the love of jesus for one another and it sounds so vague and like distant but it's not supposed to be like we we look at the person of jesus that he is he is warm and he is open and he is kind and he is merciful and he is secure, and he is safe, and he's attentive, and he's present. All of these beautiful and good things, and we're we're invited to participate in that, and like in a ministry of friendship, to to be his hands and feet for one another in friendship. Like that, that's the invitation of friendship is is mm-hmm. to be like Jesus to one another, right? So awesome. So that's the invitation. But then the reality is often, frick, my friends don't text me back. <laughs> like that's the reality. Or they, they, they drop me when they have a cooler group gathering or like they all do something without me and they, they forgot to invite me. So we live in like this this tension of like the reality of a lot of our states of friendship versus like the, the design and the invitation of friendship. So, the, but the thing that Trevor is saying is like, we, we desire this and we're actually made for this, but how do you not hold people to fulfill that when they're just not quite there yes. and then not be angry or, or distant or jealous or whatever when it, that's not fulfilled, right? It's the invitation, but the reality is often far distant from that. And what's needed is a deeper conversion and deeper security. So when that's not met, that there's not anger or comparison or competition, things like that. But I want to get into one verse that that really like comes to mind with with that exact thing, which don't don't quote me. I don't think it's John. I don't think it's John eight, but it very well might be John eight. Uh-oh. Who knows? Someone fact check him. It it's definitely in John. Definitely in John. There might be an eight in there somewhere. Oh my chapter or verse. I don't know. Is it in Amos? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. No, 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 no. So here it is. So in John, somewhere, probably eight, is when when Jesus is is speaking. I think to Pharisees, disciples. He's definitely talking to someone, and he's saying that uh, that he's talking about like divine adoption, and he's talking about how uh, that the people he's talking to, he's like he's like, do not seek essentially to be freed from another slave. He's like he says a, a slave cannot free another person, but a son can. And when a son frees a person, then they remain in the house forever. It's like it's like one of my favorite parts of like scripture when he's talking. It's like a slave cannot free another slave, but the son can. And when a son sets you free, then you're free to stay in the house forever. It's, it's it, just beautiful. It, you're right. It is John eight. Yeah, it's a beautiful verse, right? This, the it, the slave cannot you know set another person free. The slave, yeah. If it, that's the line that the the Lauren Daigle song, if the son set free. <gasps> Oh, you yeah. are free. Oh yeah, yes. How much out of right? Uh, I didn't know that. Let me re- put that together. Yes. So, so what I was gonna what I was saying about that is like, so so often we're seeking friends, like you said, to fill certain places of our heart, to set us free, to meet all of our desires, all of our needs, and even though that's like the invitation of friendship. 
it truly is a place that can only be fulfilled by the Lord. And so it's not a friend, even, even really good, sometimes good friends who are also sometimes enslaved to sin and, and still struggle with their, with their own things that are going to set us free and meet all those desires and needs. But it's the Son, it's Jesus. But the most beautiful parts of friendship is when we have a friend who is, their identity is in being a son and in, in being a daughter. And when they partake in evangelization and meet the desires and needs of our heart, it is like a son who sets us free, yes, right? Because yes. they participate in the sonship of Jesus. So I've experienced that so much. I've experienced a relationship with you that you've been really attentive at times and have set my heart free at different times. And that's been really beautiful and good to do in, in our same. friendship. It's same. been so good. Yeah, same um, so it's just, it's like a balance, right? Everything you're saying is like, that's, that's the plan for friendship, but the reality of friendship is elsewhere. But how do we not become angry? Is we, we remember that it's a slave cannot set another slave free, but it's it's a son who sets a person free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like that thing that you're saying about the participatory thing is super important here. Yes. Like the reason, right, that you have moments that a friend fulfills that that role of like kind of um, not just like speaking into your identity, but really like loving you as you're made to be loved is is a participation in Christ's love. Yes. Um, and so and so right those that are participating fully in Christ right in the church in the sacraments in prayer with him and you know fellowship all these things like are the are the most kind of attuned to being able to like kind of be yes. to be participating in Christ for Christ to be living in them to kind of meet you where you're where you're, you need to be met um, and again this is not like a this is not a take of like you shouldn't be friends with people that aren't doing that right but in terms of like um when you're seeking right to, to kind of put just people in your life that are most going to be able to like, um, yeah, bring you to heaven. I think it starts with like, you're looking for people that are participating fully in Christ. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean this is not like a take of a, Oh, you shouldn't be friends with people outside of that. Right. Um, right. Cause where does Jesus go when he's like in his ministry, right? He goes to, to, you know, those that are disenfranchised with, with God and, and are not in a place where they're really in, in, in kind of vibrant relationship with him. But I think it's being aware of like expectations that we place on people and, and realizing ultimately that only Christ can fill us. And this is like, I've, I was thinking as you were talking about this, I was like, this is like so true for marriages too, mm. where people put, oh yeah, you know, for their yeah. spouse, they want their spouse to be the one that fulfills them completely. It's like, I'm sorry if Hollywood told you that, but it's not true. Like from two married men sitting, you know, in this random room podcasting right now, like your spouse, yes. Are they the, the, the most foremost chosen vessel of Christ to you in your life? Absolutely. That's kind of like, that's that's what that has been the design of marriage, right? But ultimately, right, it is Christ that fulfills the heart, and even your spouse, who has given their whole life to you, and who you spend maybe the most time with of anyone else, and all this stuff, like even they, right, um, are going to be times where where they're not going to be able to meet that desire that you have. And so, like again, having that healthy, like, right, it's 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 not saying you shouldn't have expectations, right? There is a sense in which I think, like, out of a friend, like you desire, right, that person to love you, you desire that. But I think like being knowing how to like kind of go about setting those with people um, is really is really key. And gosh, if we had more time, I think that could be a whole yeah, topic in I itself. Know. Like, it's how so do you good. have those conversations with people? Um, so good. It makes me think. If you haven't read, go to um, this is a good one to take to prayer this week or something like that. But there's um, it's from Sirach chapter six, um, and I think it's I want to say verses like fourteen through twenty one. But you would you would know when it starts. Um, it says like a faithful friend is a, is a treasure um, who can who can count their costs um, and it's this whole section about like when you gain a friend gain the friend to testing and you know it's kind of like what and it's like his whole point is like you, you know you should have many should be your he says your your kind of like 
um, people that you've met, but one in a thousand, your confidant, like one, he's basically saying like, be friends with a lot of people. Right. But like at the end of the day, have like a close kind of, um, association with a few who you really believe like this person's going to help push me to heaven. Um, and yeah, in the context of what we're talking about of like community where there's friendships between multiple people, I think it's good to live in like the nuance of like, okay, yes, I have my closest friends, but also it's not like I have my closest friends and then just everybody else. You know, there's like, I also see that this person in my community is really great. And like, I'm open to like spending time with open. them. I'm open. open. Um, yeah. So this is not an anti-openness take because that's what we've been talking about, but it's it's good to hold these things in tension, like striving to have people that we really seek um, to kind of hold us accountable and to grow with us. Also striving to be open to a wider range than that, knowing that God's not just working through those people that we've kind of identified, but through our whole community informing us. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, in the midst of all that true, right? Like being friends with people outside of the community and hoping to like be that, that kind of, like I said, that participatory Christ for them, like the one who's witnessing Christ to them through him living in you. That's it. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this week. We, we love you. But we didn't get a wrap this week. But maybe next week. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> we love you. Uh, take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you, faithful listener. And we will talk to you next week. Peace Bye. and blessings.